It's Josh and Tom devour the world. Nom, 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 nom. I'm your host, Josh Battenhorst. And I'm your other host, Tom Chalmers. And this is our weekly podcast where we check in with each other. And with our guest of interest. And about what we've been devouring of late. Yeah, you know, like what we've been eating, drinking, thinking. Jamming, you know, what cramming, slamming into our faces. <laughs> yeah. Binging, bogarting, buying in bulk. There you go. Uh, that's right. And and how, But so both the literal things that we've been putting inside of our face and the figurative things that we've been putting that have been devouring us and we've been devouring as well. Yeah. And how that fuels us or informs us, you know, what can we take away from what we've been taking in? There um, you go. And in the end, so, uh, we're gonna hear, we'll uh, hear a take from Tom. Ryan. And then we'll uh, hear, as always, to finish the show, an original song from Josh. All right. Looking forward to it. Um, now, this week, I'm excited to uh, welcome in a, a longtime friend. It's uh, Pete Weiss, uh, who is a music uh, engineer and, and mix master, as well as a, a talented musician himself. And uh, before we get to him, Josh, who are we and why do we do this? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, Tom, you and I are friends. We are members of Reasonably Priced Babies, an improv troupe here in Asheville, North Carolina. And we often would spend time during the week, uh, not only doing those things, but spending time in lovely Asheville, consuming the things that Asheville has to provide. Uh, a lot of times that would be live music. A lot of times it would be great food. Um, and, uh, and during pandemic time, we didn't get a chance to do quite so much of that. But it seems like we're kind of back into the swing of it a little bit. Yeah. So for a while when we started this, we were checking in and being like, what are you able to devour? <laughs> what can you find in the scraps in the cupboard? But yes, as we're starting to return back to the world, we're sort of looking to our guests to help us decide what is it out there that we should be spending more attention to. Um, so that's what we got. But let's uh, pay attention to our, our guests now. Uh, as mentioned, this is uh, a friend of mine who I grew up with uh, in my younger days in New England, where he is still based. And he has gone on to become now a a renowned music producer, engineer, mixer, as well as, yes, a, a very versatile musician, whether he is playing with his own band, the Weisternauts, or playing in support of artists like Haley Thompson King. It's Pete Weiss. Hey, Pete, thanks for joining us. Hey, Tom and Josh, how are you? We are well. Um, so we said a few things about you, but go ahead and tell us more about uh, the things that you have, have been doing in the music world. Uh, short history is uh, I spent the 90s running a, a, a medium-sized recording studio, a medium-sized but high-quality recording studio in yes. Boston uh, called Zippa. I then moved to Vermont in the early 2000s and um, started a, a residential retreat-type recording studio. Um, and that was basically like a big converted barn sort of thing with a lot of guest rooms. So I would have... Typically, I would have rock bands come from all over the place and stay for a few days or a week or so or whatever and record and get out in the middle of the woods and, you know, get out of the city. Um, and people really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed it. But I did that for 17 years and actually just sold the place um, uh, last summer. So I'm now back in Boston uh, working out of my apartment. There's my mixing console back there so yeah um wait this is video right 
It is we now. <laughs> we are on video. Uh, yes, but it is we now. only release it as audio only. But that's, that's what I thought. Okay. People okay. Can cool. Imagine. I think we've all done a Zoom tour this year a couple of times, if not many more. Uh, just earlier this week, my daughter's moving down to Atlanta, so I got the full tour of the new the new house just a couple of days ago and got to see uh, their lovely little place on a on a Zoom tour. So yes, uh, we're, it's the theater of the mind for our audience. They they can imagine okay. they have seen a mixing console. No, that is awesome. That's good to know. So I will uh, disrobe at this point then uh, safely. Lovely. Um, feel fine. Um, uh, You're in good shape. <laughs> you working out? Thank you. Are you guys familiar with manscaping? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I just discovered it. It's hopefully a little bit more suntan lotion, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, what's happening right now? Um, yeah. so well, um, you were just about yeah. to tell us I mean, now you've moved into uh, uh mastering. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually um, uh, 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 working out of a much smaller space now. It's in it's in my apartment in Boston, and um, I'm mostly doing just mastering and mixing, what I would call sort of post production work, and it's going really well. And I'm finding I really really enjoy it. Um, and also, a lot of people are recording themselves at home, not just in the pandemic, but even before that. It's uh, the technology has allowed for that kind of thing much more easily and affordably. Um, so I'm finding I'm getting hired to um, help people finish their recording project. Um, uh, so yeah, typically a lot of people will, will will record, you know, a masterpiece at home, but they will they won't have the experience or or um, technical know how to quite bring it to the finish line. So uh, I'm getting a lot of work uh, helping folks out like that. Well, great. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit more about that in just a little bit. Sure. Uh, one thing I do remember, I appreciated you. You you did put limits on the devour uh, when you ran your sort of destination recording studio. Uh, I always appreciated that you would work with bands to like a certain point. It would get to like eleven o'clock at night or otherwise, and they're just you know, and you're like, okay, see that house across the way? That's where I live, and that's where my bed is, and I'm going to go there now, but you have everything you need, and I'm going to come back in the morning with some orange juice and things, and we can pick it up from there. <laughs> but no, I don't need to join you as you sort of like rock out into the early morning, and only at 3 a.m. do I really know who who I am as a musician. Like, good on you. <laughs> that is why I've given you everything you need, oh and I'm going to walk across the, the lawn now and have at least six hours of sleep. Yes. Oh my God, Tom, you're you're right, and that's what kept me sane. Except I will say I don't think I was quite that condescending. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my natural tone. I've spoken about it. It's, it's what killed my commercial career. They would tell me, you know, you ever. like your dad. Oh yeah. So you, you, okay, great. So you're not sarcastic, but yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Again, I always appreciate it, and the band was sort of like. But dude, we're hanging out. Yeah, like, yeah, yes, yeah. You are. We're finally I'm in the clubhouse, home. and we yes. brought a you know a case of booze up or whatever. Yeah. Well, I learned pretty early on that people people get excited when they're in the recording studio, and they're they're paying a decent amount of money to use the studio, so that's all cool. But they they get filled with excitement and adrenaline, and um, you know they're ready to go for sixteen hours a day. And I and I learned early on that I'm good for more like nine or ten hours a day, and then I need to go home. Uh, so I just tell people that, and uh, well, yeah. And now I'm just actually here alone, yes. <laughs> working. Well, you're not alone. alone. You're here with us, uh, right, Pete, right. and uh, you're here to uh, play our game a little bit, which is sure. uh, 
uh, you know, let's devour the world, or at least let's check in and find out what we've been devouring. And uh, Josh, I think you were going to get us going this week with uh, something you've been devouring a lot of this week. Yeah, let's let's set the table, actually. And, and this actually ties in exactly to what you were saying, Pete, because you were saying, you know, how many hours are we available? We're going to make ourselves available to work. And during the pandemic, I realized that my ideal job would be about four hours a day if I if I could if I could find it, you know. If I, but but then unfortunately, that sounds great. because because I'm in a business just to you know catch you up and anyone who may be listening for the first time. I, I run a theater company for young audiences, and um, they during the pandemic we just basically completely shut down. You know, I mean there were a lot of administrative things to take care of, and eventually we shifted to doing online shows. But I did not have a there a lot there were a lot of days that were less than full about a year ago this time, you know, where you're like, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to be twiddling my thumbs. And what I have found that most recently is starting to take up my time. Suddenly work is like full-time plus again. And I'm like, wait, did I, did I actually do this before? Did I actually work this many hours consecutively every day? Was that really my life? Um, Just this week I had to do a lot of travel. And so work is devouring me. But as I travel back and forth from work, for a long time, I've been just a podcast guy. And even when I would get in the car to just travel to back and forth from work, it would be the podcast. But recently, I turned on, I got a new car back in January. And so I was only really, I only really like drove back and forth from work a lot for about a month before we went into break to shutdown or, uh, or so. And, and so January last year. And so it's got a great sound system in it. And now I've got my radio pegged to the greatest radio station in the world, WNCW, which is this, they're just a fantastic radio station. They have a lot of, of you know, well, this morning on the way to work, actually, I heard Fish, uh, which actually a song from Farmhouse, which your place sounds a lot like the Farmhouse where Fish, I don't know if that was the place, but where Fish did their album, if it was at, at your place or not. Interesting. Uh, but, you know, well, Farmhouse yeah. in Vermont, that was their, that was their, right. uh, their whole album is about that sort of thing. So uh, we heard um, Get Back on the Train from, from, from them, a great song from Bonnie Raitt, uh, another tune, you know, uh, before I, oh gosh, I, it's, it slipped my mind. But anyway, it's just a lot of just different kind of music as you, as I made my way, oh, the last one was Mark O'Connor was playing the Beaumont Rag, which is this, you know, Mark O'Connor is a bluegrass flat picker, and he's put out a new album in honor of Tony Rice, who passed in the last year as a bluegrass picker. So the thing that I've been devouring once again is the radio, you know, the radio is still a viable place, especially WNCW, such a great station. It's the kind of place you can still call and make requests you know, they've got a request line. You can send in a request by internet and they'll actually respond and say, hey, I've either got that or I don't got that, you know, uh, and it just, you know, so that's what I've been, I've been devouring is the radio once again. Um, yeah, there you go. I enjoy that. I, I, I like to do WNCW often. I'm driving to relatives within state uh, for holidays. So they always do a great job with like the Thanksgiving set or the Christmas set sort of playing a nice variety of sort of bluegrass to uh, uh, unexpected gems and things. Um, Just um, on Mother's Day, they had, they were doing mother songs. And this, the song that I, that I shared from with my mother for Mother's Day was a song called uh, don't tell mama I'm a guitar picker. She thinks I'm just in jail. So (laughs) that's what I heard on WNCW and then immediately sent it to my mom. 
<laughs> Go on, Tom. Sorry. Uh, well, Pete and I grew up in Western Massachusetts, which I always appreciated. Had, did have great radio. There's a, a ton of colleges in that area. So basically, you're like 91.1, 91.3, 91.5. There's like a different college radio station. But it was always excellent stuff. So yeah, driving around the car was, was never a, a wasted opportunity to uh, hear good music. Um, Pete, do you listen to radio in the car? Uh, or are you more specific? Why don't I listen to the music I've made my life creating? I, uh, I do listen to the radio in the car, although I'm finding I'm, I'm not driving much these days um, since moving back to the city. Um, uh, everything's all walkable here. So the, the car, I am actually thinking about getting rid of the car. Wow. I know. Well, okay. I figured you can always rent one, if, you know, for a road trip or... Yeah. Uh, when things get a little safer, you know, there was, um, you know, what's it called? Lyft and Uber, Uber and all that. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, right anyway, uh, but yeah, I, I um, well, Boston's a great college town too, uh, as, as you all know. And um, uh, yeah, the eight, between 88 and 92, there are, there's no shortage of, of great, you know, whatever it used to be called alternative radio. Um, I learn a lot and I enjoy it a lot. What is it about that segment of the dial? Well, I mean, obviously like dial that, I mean, I, I remember when you did dial in and now it's different, but I mean, what is it about that? Do we know that those are like public, they, they tend to be all your public access tend to be in that like little section of the radio. What's up with that? Is it, does anyone have a theory? I don't know, I don't know specifically. I, I remember hearing that that um, part of the dial is reserved for maybe nonprofit broadcasting or something sense. like that or yeah, um, public yeah. access sort of thing. Uh -huh. so you're right. It is. Um, I, I do hear a lot of re religious stuff uh, in that zone too. It's it's like co college rock or religion, um, as it should be. So Pete, yeah, circling back, uh, we reached out to you because wanted to talk to you. This is how I catch up with most of my friends these days: is either having them on my sports talk radio show or my podcast. Um, because heaven forbid, I just call someone because I'm. <laughs> missing them um but we thought you would be a good uh, guest because yes a lot of what you're doing these days um you know mastering or remastering uh, people involves a level of devour where you have to sort of spend a lot of time kind of pouring over uh, recordings and otherwise uh yeah so to brag on you a little bit you know i guess most recently working with the jayhawks and you know <laughs> morphine to marshall crenshaw uh warren zivon to devo which i called zivo to devo um you know, Dr. John, Dusty Springfield, Cher even. Um, so uh, what is it to sort of have to, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what is involved with uh, mastering or remastering an original recording. And what is it like to just to spend hours going over kind of the, the same uh, piece of music? It's usually fascinating, although I get a little burned out sometimes. Um, uh, full disclosure, part of why I was a little late to this meeting was because I was I was caught up. Uh, doing trying to identify songs by uh, a death metal band that I'm not familiar with. Um, the label found some unreleased tapes um, and is hiring me to um, to mix them. They've never been mixed before, so it's a live performance by this band. Um, but the label needs the song titles. Um, I think there's like 13 songs, so I'm going through that and. Uh, I, I can't, I'm not at liberty to say the name of the band just yet. It's a type of, I'm not, they're very, they're kind of a big band, but um, I'm just not familiar with that type of music. And um, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't know their songs. So can you imagine having 13 songs and they're live recordings? So they're kind of like rough and, uh, 
And I, well, thank God for for Google. So what I what I was doing was I was listening very very carefully to the lyrics, and <laughs> trying to find you know like a string of four or five words in a row in the lyrics that are sort of unique that I could then Google <laughs> a search, and it worked. But it took me forever, and it was really stressful because um, the vocals. It's not you know these these songs are not sung like raindrops keep falling on my head. <laughs> this was more like. Los Angeles. Like, hey, wow. Okay. Rewind. Rewind. What did he say there? I got Los Angeles, but I think that's him talking to the crowd. Okay. What's going on? So, um, <laughs> but it's really fun. It's like detective work, uh, and 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 I and I care. I want I want it to be correct, and I want the fans to be super psyched about this. So I want to do it right. But that was kind of my morning. Um, uh, and what is your approach when you receive, you know, the, the recordings or otherwise? Do you just try to clear a space to listen to it in its, in its entirety? Um, do you then sort of then kind of go back and start to more specifically address the individual uh, tracks? Like, you know, how, how do you go about it? What What do you find is the best way for you to uh, come in? Because, you know, we talked a little bit offline. You're like, you don't want to come in and, you know, alter the original work. You're, you're there, right. sort of, hopefully, you know, uh, heighten or, or you know, uh, lift what they have done, and not like, yeah, I completely disagree with the original intention of this <laughs> music. Right. But uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, what's your approach? And if you want to talk about, you know, a specific past project that you can mention the band, um, feel free. Okay. Well, there's. Well, I'm doing two with mastering and 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 mixing. I'm doing two different types of projects typically one would be a reissue or sort of a historical issue um so for instance that the project i just told you about is is a, a live recording from 1991 so it's fairly old mm-hmm. um and uh, there was another situation this this album's coming out in in june it's a dr john reissue that has a lot of bonus tracks they found a lot of unreleased outtakes from these sessions. Wow. So they sent me all the outtakes and I kind of sifted through them. And in a situation like that, I, I listened through them, you know, in their entirety and made notes. Um, some of them were incomplete songs, that kind of thing. Could they be salvaged through editing or would they be best left on the cutting room floor? That kind of thing. But then uh, the, other, the other type of project I do is something like, um, what's well, like a new release, like the Jayhawks uh, latest album, um, XOXO. Um, that is more of, of what you just described, sort of the enhancement thing. Um, I, I was in touch with the, the engineer who mixed the album, Paul Caldery, and he, um, you know, he asked me to master it. Um, and he specifically said, don't, you know, don't change the nature of it. Just make it, you know, give it that little, you know, make it a little better, make it, you know, radio, you know, ready for the radio or whatever. Um, so in a situation like that, like, you know, I, I think like, you know, 80% of the heavy lifting was done and my job was sort of like almost like quality control do, you know, do no harm, I think is the, is the phrase I was using the other day. Um, in that case, the mixes were, were great and just needed a little bit of enhancement here and there. And they did, they needed to be stitched together to make the album have, um, musical continuity. So, yeah. So- a couple of questions. First of all, so I think that it might behoove me to know what's the difference between mixing and mastering. 
<laughs> just in right. No, that's, that's like fair. Nuts yeah. and bolts sort of way. And yeah. then also when you are mastering something, do you look at the record as your servant? Do you like ask, for, like, will it go get you tea and things, you know, things like that? Cause you're like, hello, master. I, no, this is not, not that sort of thing. <laughs> I just got so lost for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I go to left field sometimes. Oh my God. No, that was good. That was good. Uh, well, the, uh, well the, the difference between mixing and mastering, um, uh, uh, typically when making a, a, a recording uh, or getting a recording ready for release, whatever that means these days, whether it's a CD or just, you know, a streaming on Spotify or vinyl or even cassettes, which seem to be making a comeback. The, what I like to say is the second to last thing that happens is, is mixing. Okay. And that's, so that's taking what's called a multi-track session um, or stems, they sometimes call them these okay. days. Uh, and that's just um, individual elements of the musical uh, performance, like drums, individual drums, individual guitars, individual keyboards, individual vocals. Sometimes you have a hundred tracks, they're called tracks, and uh -huh. they need to be blended together in a, and balanced and presented in a, you know, and so that can be kind of creative and artistic. Um, and I, I really enjoy doing that. And then, so that's the second to last thing that happens before, I guess what you'd call, you know, manufacture. Um, and then the very last thing that can happen, th that happens is mastering. And that I, sometimes is just a, a matter of quality control, um, making sure it's all, you know, all the mixes work together. Uh, sometimes it, it, it involves um, uh, fixing things and editing things. I don't want to get too heavily into it, but um, there's like a pop yeah, or, a, yeah. or something is a little bit too low or something. And you do you send notes back into the mixer or do you get to engineer that yourself at that point? Sometimes uh, or sometimes there's no time to do that. Um, right. Sometimes there's EQ situations like, you know, this song has way too much um, bass. You know, do you mind if I kind of cut some of the bass on the? And by bass, I just mean like low frequencies, not the bass right. instrument. Um, that kind of thing, or this, or this song sounds good, but it's a little dull. I'm gonna just brighten it up and put a little, you know, pixie dust on it. Um, <laughs> technical term. But the album does not get you tea at any moment. That's not. That's not really in the cards for it. Not at all. No. And I, but I should look into that. Maybe that's something for the future. Uh, Pete, when you were asking, uh, hey, do you mind if, like, so I'm like, so who are you asking? Do you mind? I would imagine you're not speaking directly to the you know the recording artists themselves but maybe but yeah. so uh i wonder who you're asking that second part of that is it do you ever have to deal with the artists sort of you know wondering if you know you are handling their babies uh, i mean anytime you have share on a list of artists that you work with well you know, <laughs> sort of like whatever kind of thing um, um I, I, do you ever kind of get you know something from the top of the artist being yeah. like a great job i love what you did um or right, right. Um, can we revisit this i feel like you've eliminated my vocals a little too much or something you know? that's funny yeah i i love the idea of first of all the share thing i don't think she's even aware that that uh, that album even came out well, she I is now yeah <laughs> okay sure <laughs> but i love i love the concept of her like coming to my apartment and just being like okay i just wanted to check out the you know what you're doing here yeah yeah throw a little <laughs> more low end on that yeah uh, so that was a re remastering uh, of, a, of an old album of hers from like 1969 or 70 or something like that. Um, and I'm super proud I got to work on it. It was really, really fun. It's a good album, but um, I don't think she 
cares about. <laughs> I think she's. I think she's got other things to worry about. But um, present day artists, um, sometimes I am in touch with them. Sure. Um, that that uh, there's a metal band, uh, sort of an uh, industrial metal band called Type O Negative. Yeah. You know those guys. Mm -hmm. um, the, the a label called Runout Groove Records um, put together a, a big kind of expensive box set. Uh, uh, it, uh, it's like the complete um, studio works of you know Type O Negative. Um, and I think it was over a hundred dollars, or maybe even close to two hundred dollars. This big like twelve album set. Um, so I, I worked on that and um, uh, I surprisingly was in touch with the band because there was, it, I, I prepared it for vinyl um, uh, and there's a gag track on one of their albums that has the sound of a skipping CD. Um, and it's meant to sort of mess with your head. So back in the day, the, the album originally came out when CDs were, you know, standard. So the idea was you put the CD in and the first song on it, you, it's it sounds like it's skipping so it, it, you they're like playing a joke on the listener so I, I i got in touch with the label and i said hey listen um this this is fine we can do this but this is gonna this might be sort of strange to have a cd gag on vinyl why don't right. yeah. why don't we retool this and have it be skipping vinyl and so right. the label said you know label said oh, i don't know if we need to do deal with that but i'll check with the band and and it turned out that the band was like oh that's a great idea he should he should totally do that so yeah. i actually i actually made this little sound montage of one of their songs like fake skipping skipping fantastic um, so that was cool yeah <laughs> that's awesome uh, I, yeah i didn't hang out with them or anything but i you know was so in touch i do want to stick into this just one more time because i do have a question about like because i'm a big Grateful Dead fan and a lot of their albums are turning 50 so you're getting a lot of like reissues of Grateful Dead and so when you reissue and you remaster is the purpose of that because the technology has improved and you just have like new and improved pixie dust that you can throw on it now or what like what's the purpose of like or is it just like a money grab and they're <laughs> like they just I mean clearly you do something yeah. to it so I'm uh, just wondering what's the I what's mean the there's there's certainly money grabs um I I try to not be involved in those no I, I, I but the first thing that you mentioned is a thing that that happens um do you do you guys remember you must remember that when CDs first came out in the late 80s early 90s yep and um Remember, there was that sort of complaint. People were saying, "Well, they're they're very clean sounding, but they're kind of tinny and they're sort of harsh sounding." Mm -hmm. So the CDs got sort of a bad reputation back then, um, uh, as sounding you know cold and clinical and not as warm and fuzzy as as vinyl. Well, it turned out that um, that was just the, kind of the technology of the day. They they were using. We, we don't need to go down a rabbit hole, but they're basically they improved the technology a lot since then. So as you probably remember, um, you know, later CDs, say from the you know early 2000s or mid 2000s or whatever, when CDs were still listened to, um, <laughs> sounded a lot better. In fact, they sounded great. Mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of of the opinion that CDs are the best sounding format that's available out there. Yeah. Um, it's basically a clone of the master tape. Wow. Um, uh, very cool. Well, Pete, very cool to hear how what you do kind of causes you to devour on a specific level. Uh, we'll want to check in on uh, maybe uh, a devour you do that's not so attached to your job. But uh, uh, time for me to play our game this week and kind of what I've been devouring. I got a little specific, so not a food drink, but uh, um, 
I've been uh, revisiting time loop movies, um, which is so the original, uh, the granddaddy is Groundhog Day, which is basically a situation where someone uh, uh, keeps uh, waking up to live the same day over and over again, um, which uh, love that movie. It sort of came back into my mind as I talked about was trying to watch some of the Oscar nominated shorts and the one that won for live action was one called Two Distant Strangers, which is about, uh, you know, a young black male sort of waking up and (laughs) no matter what he does, uh, every day he gets shot by a cop kind of thing. So no matter what he does to try to avoid, there's humor. Again, it's well played. Um, No matter what he does to to try to avoid that situation of just like, hey, I'm going to be really kind of like mindful, (laughs) still get shot. I'm just going to run, still get shot. So I was like, oh, cool. And then it also made me think, I was a little frustrated that what I thought was one of the better movies of last year, I don't know if you guys got to see, was the movie Palm Springs with Andy Samberg, um, which is the same thing, another time loop movie where he's a guy who's basically stuck in the same day, going to this wedding over and over again, and just sort of you know, messing with people because you know he knows what they're about to say or do, and just sort of is this uh, force of mischief, as Andy Samberg does really well. Right. Um, but then someone else gets drawn in, and it's sort of... Um, you know, also living the same day and kind of what that means to their relationship and, and the past that she finds out like, wait, were you, you know, kind of manipulating me all those times that I wasn't, you know, doing this? Uh, no, not really. And then you sort of, but anyways, but I just really thought it was a, a compelling storyline, particularly over the last year, where I think we were sort of living the same day over and over again. And if you are given that chance, will you use that time to sort of better yourself? You know, going back to the Groundhog Day, we see Bill Murray learns to play the piano and uh, learns, you know, like catch the kitten out of the tree kind of stuff. Or do you just want to just like, well, if it doesn't matter, I'm just going to like indulge my, you know, more uh, pleasurable tendencies and otherwise. Uh, but I just found it good. So, uh, so, th- so yeah, Palm Springs was great. So that I, I circled back. There was a, a, a entertaining uh, horror film called uh, Happy Death Day, where again a girl wakes up um, and only to sort of like die at the, at the end of each day. And there's a couple different things. So there's sort of the there can be kind of a sweet romantic take to it, like Groundhog Day did. And the, there's another one that came out called The Map of Tiny Perfect Things uh, and Palm Springs too. Or there is the there's this horrific thing. What can I do to sort of avoid this horrific thing? The end of my life, the end of the world, or otherwise. Um, but it was just something I've been looping in. Another one I finally got around to seeing. I, I can't believe I never saw it before. Was The Edge of Tomorrow, which is a Tom Cruise movie with Emily Blunt, where he sort of is sent in on this, you know, suicide mission uh, as, as a punishment, and sort of gets killed early on, but then sort of ugh, gets gets another chance and has to sort of figure out how, how, how do I not get killed early on or also how do I save the, the, the world from the invading aliens. But anyways, so that's what I've been consuming. I don't know if either of you have seen any of those movies or uh, if that uh, concept of what if you were given the same day over and over again, how, how would you treat it uh, speaks to you in any way? Well, really? I mean, I've seen Groundhog Day, of course, but also like the idea, I think that was one of the big realizations actually that I had from the pandemic was kind of like, whoa, you know, that it was broken up, honestly, for me, because all of a sudden, like, instead of like getting up, driving to work, doing eight hours there at the office, then, you know, finishing up, wrapping up, going home, which is its own sort of like Groundhog Day feel, I mm-hmm. stopped do I stopped doing that and I was and so you know instead there was 
yeah, there were some days, especially early on, where it was like, okay, we're just kind of working our way through the entire Netflix of Netflix and <laughs> just making that sort of happen. But, um, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I broke up the pandemic with a, with a bad knee injury and a surgery. So, so that took a few months and then like, you know, so like, and then Good we, strategy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah. And then, started writing a song every week so i guess there's something to that but i gotta think that in your work pete that you have to listen and re-listen and listen and re-listen to the set even if it's different tracks or different you gotta go okay well now let's listen to this part again minute you know <laughs> oh absolutely yeah there's a lot of like looping and um uh yeah you do get um a little uh, i don't i don't want to use a negative term but yeah maybe a little burned out on um on, on material yeah at the end of the day often uh, i will not um be entirely psyched about listening to music uh, <laughs> i can see that yeah for sure um another part of it which I, I don't identify as much there's a couple other ones like there's a new movie called boss level which is you know about this you know kind of killer um and everyone's trying to kill him but a lot of it also ties into like a, a video game idea of sort of resetting um uh, and the idea that you can't get past a certain level um, you just, mm. you know, so I guess that's where, you know, so that idea of in your life, like, gosh, I've sort of been in the same place. I can't, I can't get past this level. I don't have uh, a lot of video game uh, legacy. Uh, I, you know, I, I remember some, but that, that has never called me and I'm glad cause I waste time doing so many other things. I'm glad that video games went, no, we'll, we'll let him go. You know, we, we don't need another one. Um. But uh, yeah, just just that idea. I I, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think I was seeking more inspiration because I don't think I I did either. I don't think I necessarily used my days to like what is it that I've always wanted to learn how to do or how can I help people. But I also don't think I went and just like well that I don't care. I'm gonna let my hair grow, my beard grow. Just I'm gonna you know wear natural fabrics that loosely bind. I basically just was like oh okay, where do I go? <laughs> tell me where to show up okay so uh I, I i i don't think i would make a great groundhog day uh c candidate because people would be like so this is the day the, can we get some screenwriters involved to kind of punch this up right, a bit? right oh um, man that that that, that was uh, occupying my time but yeah pete we thought we'd circle back so obviously you listened you know, so he mentioned maybe you don't want to listen to music at the end of your day so we we're just curious what are some other things that maybe you devour as part of your, um, you know, break away from work or just something that's going on this week, this month or otherwise for you? Well, I hope it's not uh, uh, too easy, too, too much of a cop out to, to go with a, with a cocktail recipe. Um, not at all. That's what that, that, that was probably the first 10 episodes for us. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, shoot, shoot. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I hope this isn't, I hope I'm not repeating what other people's not anyway. Um, but well, my, my, my groundhog, uh, day loop, uh, scenario with the, with the pandemic, um, definitely got me, um, thinking about just being more mindful about things and, um, uh, just staying healthier and, and actually not worrying so much about plans and not worrying so much about, um, boredom because I'm, I'm almost never bored. Um, 
so the idea of like every day is pretty similar to the uh, to the to the next it is something that wasn't really the case before the pandemic for me and uh, i kind of embraced it um kind of embraced the routine or whatever um part of that has 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 been um doing a lot more cooking <laughs> uh yeah. and uh i kind of, this is going to sound strange but i right at the beginning of the pandemic i on a lark i bought um some of those uh, Beyond Burger patties, you know, not particularly healthy, but um, but very green and you know, no no meat. And I thought, well, why not? I'll 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 try this if uh, you know. And I'm and I'm not a I'm not a vegetarian, um, but I just thought it would you know I'd give it a try. And um, I kind of like it. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I kind of like. So it's a weird sort of thing. I, I kind of get them um, pretty regularly, and I and I use that product a lot, um, even though I think it's it's probably problematic in, uh, in, in some ways. But uh, well, I you've actually touched on a light motif of Josh and Tom devour the world, which is my partner Amber is a, is vegan, and okay. she has spent the pandemic joining like some face group Facebook groups that do different versions of like fake meat of lots of different yeah. things. So I think, um, what are some of the fake meats, Tom, that uh, Amber has tried since we've been recording? I think there was a corned beef. Uh, there was a lamb, a, a lamb, Ooh. maybe a, there, the, there wasn't a goat yet. We haven't tried that. Um, there's been a couple of different chicken types of tries and uh, of, of varying different successes, success levels, you know, beyond has done they, you know, their goal is to make it as much like a, a vegetarian burger as it possibly can be, you know, a right. real burger. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. But, uh, and Amber's is not quite the same. It's more of a, you know, recognizing that this is not meat, you know, how do you uh, sort of dress it up and give it, you know, give your sandwiches some substance. So yeah, we've, we've done lots of, of, uh, of tricks with gluten in my house. This is yeah. Kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and you mentioned cocktail. Is there is there a, a, a beverage that also? Yes, I, I have become um, quite fond of the um, mezcal Negroni. Oh, okay. Uh, What's that? Well, it's just, do you know what a Negroni is? Of course, so not I'm really. Sure no. Okay. Uh, well, I used to like Negronis, and I still do. Um, it, partly because they're really easy to remember how to make. It's just three equal parts: um, gin, sweet vermouth, and uh, and Campari. So it's a nice uh, as on on the rocks. It's a nice sort of bittersweet, um, summery thing. Um, gotcha. But uh, substituting the mezcal, the smoky mezcal, in for the gin. So no more gin, and uh, and a little like little slice of, of uh, what's it called lemon lemon zest or lemon rind. I'm sorry, orange. Um, uh, I that, that works for me. Just that hint of the smokiness and the yes. and the kind of tequila esque uh, flavor just like goes with the other flavors really well. And um, and you know I, I'm not likely to to abuse it because it's a very syrupy drink. And if I if I've had one, I'm I am definitely like that was good. I do That's not. Bad. I definitely do not want another one of those. <laughs> okay. So it is good to yeah intentionally choose that which pushes back a little bit yeah right right um uh so yeah anyway that's been uh, if it's a if it's a nice day and I can get outside and enjoy some sunshine I will I will um well in the evening that is I will enjoy a mezcal negroni with a side of um Cheez-Its mm, good to know really? okay uh, well that's awesome well I Pete thanks for uh 
sitting with us, uh, telling us about what you do and then telling us about uh, what you do when you're not doing what you do. Um, so that this has been great. Um, if anybody wants to uh, hear, again, something that you've recently worked on or find out about the music that you do yourselves, how could they find out more? Uh, my website has is uh, not awesome, but it does have a lot of links and helpful information. It's um, it's HTTP. No, sorry. It's um, YC.com, which is W-E-I-S-S-Y.com. Awesome. Uh, well, great. Uh, I do hope to um, travel north later this summer, and I, I hope that uh, has us coming by someplace where you were. I, I'm sorry that I don't get to visit you at the Vermont Farmhouse, as that was conveniently located, but uh, still there you are, and we'll seek you out. So, yeah. Uh, thanks, Pete. Uh, thanks for uh, playing Josh and Tom Devour the World. Tom and Josh, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun, and uh, I, I appreciate it. And I apologize again. Tom, I owe you a Negroni. There you go. And uh, for our guests that are listening still, uh, we hope you'll stick around after the break. Tom has uh, his weekly take, and I'll be sharing my song. Uh, this week, the theme is Willie Nelson, so stick around. All right, Tom, Pete Weiss. Thank you so much for bringing Pete to the show, but we didn't really hear how you guys know each other. I mean, it's very clear. Yeah. I, I'm glad that you do, but how do yeah. you know Mixmaster Pete? Yeah. Uh, Pete and I uh, grew up together, went went to a junior high and high school together, became friends. We were actually uh, in a band together, a, cu a couple of versions. Um, I, what were the uh, names of these bands? Do you, do you remember the names? We were Second Coming, uh, oh, the right. Grass Camels. Um, what the last camels? The glass camels. Glass camels. Okay. Which you might appreciate. I believe is a Grateful Dead reference, which is somehow uh, the end of the world. There will be like a, a blast that will sort of blow and heat the sand all at the same time. All that we will see on the horizon are glass camels. Okay. All right. Um, uh, but then, yeah, eventually, people are like, "Yeah, but you don't play Grateful Dead." We're like, "Oh, shut up." Um, <laughs> we played whatever songs we could cover with like Doors and Tommy Two Tone and stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, so I kept getting relegated to use a soccer term. Um, I started off, uh, as like the singer. Cause I was just like, I like being on stage kind of thing until they're like, Hey, we found, we found a guy who actually sings. <laughs> and then, then I got shifted over to, uh, rhythm guitar. Uh -huh. And then eventually backup rhythm guitar. And then eventually I was like, Hey, I'm not even on stage anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, keep going, keep going. Um, but it was a blast. Pete also ran a, 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 a he was a like a DJ party, so I, I I would accompany him and be sort of the um, hype man. Yeah, the hype man. Like, How's everybody doing? Yeah, it was super fun. Uh, but That's yeah, awesome. Pete's house is always a great place to go. Get down and go downstairs and just play, press record, and make silly music and otherwise, and then listen to it later, being like, oh yeah, we're not that good. Um, but uh, Pete kept at it and now is really, really good. Um, uh, there you go. And uh, I'm excited to hear uh, your music a, a little later on. Well, yeah, but right now, you know, every week leaves a particular taste in your mouth. And so I'm wondering what uh, what your take is about the this last week. Uh, take it away, Tom. Uh, get the, the, the taste of gas fumes. Um, so, yeah, I don't mean to I go into. So, yeah, this week, I mean, uh, Josh, you touched on it having to. Uh, do a lot of driving. I know you got to see some of the craziness at 
uh, gas stations and people sort of just lining up. I need gas kind of thing. And um, all silly, but it just reminded me uh, that I think it's good for us to be aware uh, when we are not wanting to be inconvenienced or when we are generally in need. Um, and I just thought a lot of people didn't want to be inconvenienced, so sort of really put those generally in need at a disadvantage. Um, uh, and you sort of just think like, uh, are you someone who, uh, you know, missing a day of work is is going to ruin your life? Um, are right. you someone if you can't drive two hours to go get the the thing that you know get your medication or whatever, like that's going to ruin your life? Or you're like, yeah, I would just really hate to have to stay home this weekend. So just right. I think it's good because uh, I think we forget that there are a lot of people who are just two days away from things getting really bad, you know, again, just right. missing a couple of days of work, whether health or otherwise, I was reminded of, yeah, a couple of years back when they had the government shut down, you know, uh, Trump didn't want to kind of, you know, uh, have the money funds approved until they got mo uh, money for the wall. Um, and so uh, people were sort of furloughed um, for a little while. And we just found out that like, yeah, most people can go a week without a paycheck. Uh, a lot of people can't go two weeks without a paycheck. Right. And yeah. that, I just remember that time like, oh, wow, it's really interesting to know that there is those who are, again, who are just a little bit away from things getting really, really bad. Um, mm -hmm. and if yep. that is not you, maybe you can kind of step out of that line. Um, yeah. So my situation is not money that I'm like, I'm fine. But I'm like, eh, luckily, I'm in Asheville. I can walk to mostly anywhere I need to go. Um, I, I can figure out. So I, I don't need to go and you know, insist that I fill the second half of my gas. So just, just that idea of if you were, yeah, if you were not someone who like, if I don't get this, everything falls apart, then, then just step out of line and, and let those yeah. who do need it. And yeah, maybe walk somewhere today or maybe just decide to, to stay home this weekend um, or enjoy telling your boss, I wish I could, but I can't drive. So yeah. maybe yeah, next we week. We made some of those choices this week. This was going to be the first week where I actually had staff back in the office for the the week. And, it, you know, we were just like one of my staff members drives all the way from Weaverville. And we were just like, this isn't smart. You know, there's yeah. no sense in you needing you can you've been working from home. It is more convenient if we're together and we can have these conversations. And but we can use the phone. We can keep doing remote yes. one more week until things get back to normal. So. Uh, I'm totally on board. We don't really live in a society, though, that sees the, you know, uh, the all you can eat buffet and then goes, well, I'm just going to take a, just what I want, what I need, you know, people, <laughs> people see, you know, uh oh, they might run out of the mashed potatoes, I better get an entire plate of the mashed potatoes before they run out of the mashed potatoes here at the all you can eat buffet. Yeah, not going too long, but want to get you, but remember a while back, I spoke about that movie, um, The Hole where basically they fill the platform full of food and it keeps just dropping down level by level. Right, and if all right. the prisoners just ate what they needed, there would be enough to get to the bottom levels. But instead, people were like, la, 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 on the top you know, levels. So yeah. there's just sad bones and grizzle um, for yeah. the lower levels because yeah. that same idea. Great movie. Um, but so, so that's me. But yeah, so uh, Willie Nelson as a theme, how awesome. So yeah. uh, very yeah. excited to hear what you've come up this week for your closing original song definitely followed down the willie nelson rabbit hole um the goal of this song was kind of like to almost like reference 
a Willie Nelson song with just about every line of the song. <laughs> but, and so uh, I think that I've accomplished it. And at the end, uh, hopefully it doesn't feel too much like a eulogy. Um, there's definitely some of that in there feeling that, you know, uh, Willie is, is an older gentleman, but we certainly hope that he keeps going for a while longer. And uh, I'm going to play my song for him now. Here's our, here's, here's uh, Willie Nelson. Well, we gotta get drunk for old Shotgun Willie and sing like we just don't care. Play a train song on an uncloudy day and braid what's left of our hair. Fly with seven angels too close to the ground. Try to sell waltzes to the Nashville sound. Make heroes of the cowboys when mama ain't around. And give the tax man his fair share. Well, let's roll one up for the red-headed stranger. Go to pot with our friends. Try to put a steady hand on the wheel and head out on the road again. Get a little crazy before the roll is called. Drink yesterday's wine and remember old Paul. When the party's all over, say hello to the walls. Cause that's where it all began. Well, the first thing this morning, I looked at the skies. Thought of you singing, sad old blue eyes. Crying in the rain drove me out of my mind. So I decided to pour a Bloody Mary. Let's tear a pretty paper from the family Bible, give each verse a sound. Find a good-hearted woman from Blue Rock, Montana to help lay our burdens down. Tell America good morning from an old rail car, knock a little dust right off of the stars. And after you've played your very last bars, we'll roll you up and pass you around. Well, we gotta get drunk for old Shotgun Willie and sing like we just don't care. Play a gospel tune on an uncloudy day and braid what's left of our hair. Get a little crazy before time slips away. Remember Merle, Johnny, Waylon, and Ray. And when the lights turn out, you know what they'll say. Give Willie Nelson his fair share. Give Willie Nelson his fair share. Give Willie Nelson his fair share. <laughs> Very nice, Josh. Willie would be proud. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Well, uh, we've got another show next week. We hope people will uh, will tune back in. Thank you for sticking around. This has been Josh and Tom Devours the World. Nom, 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 nom. We'll see you next time. Bye now. One take, Tommy. <laughs>